Hello, I'm Dave. And I'm Rob. And welcome to this Doctor Who show cutaway in preparation for our Shadow of Wen Chiang podcast. Now, Rob and I had a little bit of a problem in the past in that when we would be discussing stuff that was on TV or movies or audio, the material was very easy to access. It was stuff that was very easy to knock over in a couple of hours if you wanted to watch it or listen to it before the podcast. And in most cases, let's face it, it was pretty familiar content, whether it's new episodes of Who, old episodes of Who, it's stuff that people are probably aware of. So we've never felt the need to tell people a summary of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The problem, of course, is that when we started doing a novel, you know, roughly once a year, we thought, well, these are a lot less accessible than the TV show is, and it's stuff that people may not have read in the past, and we can't expect everyone to go out and find the four copies left on eBay and buy them for sometimes hundreds of dollars. (laughs) Lung Barrow, I'm looking at you. Lung Barrow, I'm thinking of you. Plus, it's more than a couple of hours to knock some of these things over. So we thought it's only fair to have a bit of a summary of the plot so everybody knows what we're talking about. The problem then is that we're taking 8, 10, 12 minutes of our show just telling everybody the plot. Now, some people might really enjoy that. Some people might feel it drags the episode out. Some people might have read the book and don't need it. Others haven't read the book, but they reckon they can carry along and get the gist of it from our conversation anyway. But we've still got this big slab of, let's face it, us just reading stuff for 8 or 10 minutes. So we weren't very happy with that. And then, Rob, you had an idea. I did, Dave. I had one of those light bulb moments where I said, hey, why don't we try something new? Why don't we just take that section of the podcast where we go through the novel blow by blow and we'll just put it out as its own thing, as a little synopsis so that people can listen to it if they want or they don't have to listen to it. And in that way, our show this Sunday will still be its normal-ish sort of length because I know we've got a lot of listener emails too, Dave. They've got to read those as well. We have got to read those as well. And our voice can only read so much. Yes, indeed. So just thinking of it all, we thought, let's experiment this time around. Let's put this out midweek. Maybe some people will listen to it even before Sunday. And then uh, they can listen to the episode well acquainted with the shadow of Wang Chiang, whether they've read the novel in the past or not. Absolutely. So, look, that's our plan. If it works for you, tell us. If it doesn't work for you, tell us. We'll try it. If it works, we'll do it again. If it doesn't work, we won't. That's the fun of podcasting. Exactly right. Shall I kick us off, Rob? Please, Dave. Let's uh, let's get into the shadow of Wang Chiang. While stealing some art from the Palace Theatre Museum, a thief named Lucas Satan stumbles across another robbery in progress. Thieves have murdered the caretaker during their raid, although when he returns to the body, it's gone. Meanwhile in Shanghai, policeman Sung Chi Lee raids an opium den. Inside, he finds the body of a European male who appears to have been stabbed to death. While searching for clues, Lee finds a dock worker's past for Guangpinglo Wharf and decides to go there later to investigate further. Meanwhile, a vigilante named Yan Chi follows a woman, Seng Ko, and her associate, Kwok, from the raided opium den to the Nangtao airfield, where he loses sight of them. Yan Chi is the alter ego of a nightclub owner named Wu, and through chatter at the club, learns that Kwok is to meet a German arms dealer at Guingpin Lu Wharf. On board the TARDIS, the tracer given to the Doctor and Romana by the White Guardian to track down the key to time directs them to 1934 Shanghai, but it's giving off very strange readings. 
The Doctor and Ramana follow the trace to Nangtao Airfield, where they find an abandoned car with blood in the back seat and a knife made of an alloy which has not yet been invented on Earth. The Doctor determines that the Tracer is picking up another source of chronon radiation which is not related to the key to time, and he and Ramana should remain to investigate. The Doctor and Ramana team trace the chronons to Gunghinlau Wharf, where Lee is about to move in on Kwok and Senko as they purchase smuggled German weapons. The unexpected arrival of the Doctor and Ramana startles Lee into action prematurely, and Senko and Kwok escape. Lee arrests the Doctor and Ramana, and when the Doctor's fingerprints prove to match some found on the abandoned car at the airfield, he charges them with the murder of the European man from the opium den. We learn that the dead man is the caretaker of the Palace Museum in London, which is impossible as he was very much alive in London one hour before his body was found in Shanghai. In his police cell, the doctor summons K-9 for help, and K-9 arrives just in time to repel an attack from bandits who have materialised out of thin air in the cells attempting to kill him. The Doctor studies the stunned bandits and find they're all foot soldiers from the Tong of the Black Scorpion and they're carrying geomantic compasses embossed with blood. The Doctor modifies K-9 to seek the signature of the chronon radiation he is seeking and K-9 leads him and Romana away to the opium den. Quok is there to retrieve an altar and Lee has arrived to search for more clues. Quok flees. The Doctor and Romana steal a car to pursue Quok and Lee sets off in pursuit of them both. Quok uses his geomantic compass to transport his truck elsewhere instantaneously, but the pursuing cars are swept up in the currents behind him, and the chase continues until a Japanese bomber strafes the city and the doctor's car is buried under the rubble. Lee pulls the doctor out of the wreckage and arrests him again, leaving Romana for dead, but Romana is later rescued by Wu and taken back to his nightclub to recover. Wu explains to Romana that, as a vigilante, he protects the ordinary people of Shanghai from both the Tongs and their corrupt government, and they travel to the wreckage of the car to retrieve K-9 and send him to inform the Doctor of their new ally, Wu. Lee questions the Doctor and believes his innocence, realising that only the Doctor can help him learn how the Tong have learned to travel great distances instantly. When K-9 tracks down the Doctor, the Doctor has him analyse the genetic structure of the blood on the geomantic compass and to locate its source. K-9 leads the Doctor and Lee to a mansion outside the city, where they are brought before Senko, who seems to recognise the Doctor, or at least his reputation. Senko orders Quok to take the Doctor through the dragon paths, the routes by which the Tong are travelling instantly, and strand him in the Orkney Islands. The Doctor and Lee are taken to a quarry where the Tong are moving their stolen armaments through one of the dragon paths, but they manage to overpower their guard and escape. Lee returns to the mansion to arrest Senko, but is attacked by what was stolen from the palace museum, the killer automaton known as Mr. Sin, which Senko can control mentally and barely escapes with his life. Lee flees back to the quarry where he hides aboard a truck and is transported to the Jade Emperor, the temple at the sacred mountain of Tai Shan. At the temple, Lee is recaptured, but Senko decides to keep him as a hostage to ensure the doctor's good behaviour should he appear again. 
Senko has stolen the TARDIS to ensure that the Doctor cannot escape. The Doctor returns to Shanghai, where he finds Wu's nightclub and is reunited with Romana, who has been singing under the stage name Romy. Wu has heard Quark's name mentioned in relation to a local Japanese brigade, and the Doctor takes them to question the colonel in charge, only to be recaptured by Senko. Senko takes Romana to the Jade Emperor as another hostage, while leaving Mr. Sin to guard the Doctor and Wu, also revealing that she is the daughter of Li Sencheng, formerly servant of Magnus Greel, and that despite appearances, she is over 65 years old. The Doctor and Wu overpower Sin and their guards, and as they escape, K-9 reports that he has detected the presence of uranium in the vicinity. The Doctor pieces together that Senko intends to use a nuclear reactor to increase the power of the Dragon Paths. The arrival of Greel's time cabinet in the past irradiated the young Senko with chronon particles, explaining her slow aging, and the Zygma beam which powered the cabinet is still intersecting with Earth's natural telluric currents, enabling Senko and the Tong, equipped with geomatic compasses containing her blood, to move instantly along their paths. Senko believes a nuclear reaction through the telluric currents will short out the Zygma beam and release 50 years of accumulated energy, enough to use the dragon paths to travel anywhere in time and space. In doing so, however, she will also cause Greel's time cabinet to first materialize in the 1930s, not the 19th century, creating a temporal paradox centered upon Senko herself. Romana is surprised when Senko allows her to move freely about Taishang, but Senko is convinced that her cause is honourable and believes that Romana will come to understand that if she's allowed to find out the truth for herself. Senko's nuclear reactor supplements the mountain's natural piezoelectric qualities, which first drew the time cabinet to the temple of the Jade Emperor. Senko has promised the Tong that she will restore their god Weng Chiang to them, but she admits to Romana that she knows the truth. Magnus Greel is a madman who deceived her father, and it was only due to the Doctor's intervention that Chang died an honourable death. The Doctor and Wu set off for Tai Shan, with the Doctor realising that Wu is Japanese and wishes to overthrow the Japanese military officers who now rule in China. Wu, the Doctor and K-9 charter a plane to take them to the railway, which leads to Tai Shan, fighting off an attack from Mr. Sin, who uses the Dragon Paths to board their plane mid-flight. Romana, still allowed to roam freely, accompanies a squadron of guards through the Dragon Paths to the airfield, where the Doctor and Wu are landing. Romana helps the Doctor and Wu to fight the guards off, and they travel by train to Tai Shan, where they are captured again. Wu is locked up while Senko explains her agenda to the Doctor. She intends to avenge her father's death by torturing Greel for eternity. The Doctor tries to convince her she will only succeed in creating a temporal paradox which will destroy her and urges her not to squander her impressive intellect on a desire for revenge. Senko, infuriated, orders Quok to lock up the Doctor and Romana as well. The nuclear reaction has begun, and soon she will be able to intercept the Zygma beam and capture Greel. Meanwhile, K-9, left at the base of the mountain, must climb 7,000 stone steps to the temple to rejoin the Doctor and Romana. Lee kills his guard and escapes, but instead of contacting his superiors in the police, attempts to contact the Japanese. 
We learn that although he's Chinese, he serves the Japanese, seeing an order and structure in Japanese society that he desires in his own. He is basically Wu's opposite. Sin locates Lee and cuts the power cable to the transmitter, but while trying to escape, Lee strikes Sin with the live end of the cable. Senko discovers that due to the power surge, she can no longer control Sin's bloodlust. Kwok and his men run into Sin in the corridors, and Kwok is forced to flee for his life when Sin begins slaughtering them indiscriminately. Sin then pursues Lee to the turbine room, where Lee, unaware of the danger, fires at him with a German grenade launcher and hits the nuclear reactor turbines. As the reaction starts to run out of control, Lee flees and warns the approaching guards, none of whom are aware of the situation, that Senko has betrayed them. As the reactor control room begins to fill with radioactive steam, many of the guards turn on each other and a battle breaks out between members of the Tong who will no longer understand what is happening or who can be trusted. The Doctor and Romana escape and join Senko in the reactor control room. They prevent the reactor from becoming a nuclear bomb, but chain reaction explosions have damaged the structure of the mountain and its natural piezoelectric properties will now be enough to divert Grill's time cabinet anyway. The Doctor and Romana return to the TARDIS in one last effort to stop the mountain from exploding. They are attacked by Mr. Sin on the way. However, the Doctor decapitates Sin with a sword and they continue on. Their last-ditch plan is to use the TARDIS to knock the arriving time cabinet back into the Zygma beam, which Romana refers to as a technique called time ramming. The time ramming is successful, sending Greel and the time cabinet to their original destination in the past, but the temporal feedback that results surges through Senko's body and she is incinerated while Quok looks on. Wu is making his way towards the now-materialized TARDIS when Lee ambushes him and the two natural enemies draw pistols. Lee takes first blood, but Wu shoots back and brutally takes Lee down. Quok tries to kill the Doctor after he emerges from the TARDIS, but K-9 arrives just in time and stuns him. The Doctor ponders that if he'd been able to place Senko in the TARDIS, she'd still be alive. Sickened by the violence, Wu decides to spend the rest of his days as an ordinary nightclub owner, pondering if Los Angeles or San Francisco needs a new nightclub. The Doctor and Romana use the TARDIS to bury the reactor under concrete so the Japanese will not find it, confident that Senko's death means that the Cronon interference has cleared up. Kwok remains alive in a hospital meanwhile, blaming the Doctor for Senko's death and vows to avenge her. <laughs> so listeners that's our plot summary for the shadow of weng chiang we will be back on sunday and if you want to know what we thought of that adventure mm. tune in then yes i had to be very careful not to comment on any of these uh, plot points <laughs> as we read through them dave no that's right you'll get our editorial views in a few days time brilliant goodbye bye